and welcome back to Formula Breakdown. It's Ross and Caleb, round 16 of the 2023 Formula One World Championship. Caleb, it was Marina Bay in Singapore. It's in the pocket. It's out of sight. How are you, sir? I'm great. That was a fun weekend. Caleb, are you watching football while we're recording again, or uh, is the game over? Um, currently, Miami is leading New England 17-10, to 10, and we're... 10 minutes left of the fourth quarter. So, yeah, I'm watching football while we're recording this. Oh, great. <laughs> See, I was freaking kidding when I asked you that. <laughs> Expect you to say, oh, it's over, and it was a great game, and no. Okay, great. Well, I'm glad we could have some of your attention tonight, Caleb. Tell you who wasn't paying attention, though, is Lance Stroll, who exploded in Q1. Literally. Uh, on Saturday. Holy crap, man. It, it just was one of those things where we just happened to be switching right over to his car as he was getting ready to cross the finish line and bam, right into the wall. Crazy. Yeah, he french fried when he was supposed to pizza. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah. So bad that he actually had to withdraw from the race. I wasn't sure. They didn't really talk about it, but looking into it more, it seems like he was still feeling the after effects of the race. I just assumed they couldn't get the car back to snuff in time, but it was actually him who wanted to recover. So I'm wondering if maybe he aggravated his wrists or something which of course he broke right before the start of the season luckily though that was at the very end of q1 so really everyone was already kind of in the place they needed to be there were no really surprise outs in q1 a huge surprise in q2 both red bulls knocked out insane i can't even remember the last time that's happened 2008 2008 holy yeah, crap that's the last time that happened and that's off sheer speed that's that's not counting like you know crashes or anything else that's just off of off a of pace it's been since 2008 where they just did didn't make it into the last qualifying just off pace. Uh, just as insane as Max being picked out of Q3 is the person who denied him Q3, which was Liam Lawson in only his third race ever. Just insane to see him slide into Q3. He only lined up 10th, but still for the AlphaTauri that we've seen this year for a guy who's had barely any time in, a, in this car on one of the most demanding track layouts of the season. Insanely impressive. I've liked watching Liam Lawson. It's a shame that Yuki has now had engine trouble or car trouble two weekends in a row i mean between this race and the last race he's completed a total of half a lap so he he like bowed out on the formation lap in italy and then this race he makes it like half a lap because i think he got into some contact with uh sergio i think it was i think he got kind of hit with by perez and messed up his stuff so disappointing for yuki you know he's competing for this job and there's a lot of rumors kind of swirling around him i know we're trying to talk about liam but i think they're two in the same they're kind of both competing for potentially the same spot because there has been like some talk of yuki maybe going over to red bull to be that backup driver and maybe Ricardo staying at AlphaTauri. I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how this season plays out with Liam. I think you keep him in the car for the rest of the year because he is producing and producing well. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a little at a loss of what AlphaTauri should do because they had the situation where the three people they've had in their driver's seat for the past little bit haven't really done anything wrong. They deserve to get kicked out. I think what it's going to come down to is the fact that really Ricardo doesn't have a contract with AlphaTauri. He's employed through Red Bull and was on loan. I don't know. It's going to be kind of musical chairs, I feel like. But yeah, good point. Yuki uh, just hasn't got to show us stuff the past couple of weekends. And I think it goes back to the feeling that you and I both have that the AlphaTauri is kind of the shitbox of the grid this year. Another fine example of that. Yeah, but I think Liam is proving that maybe false. He's looking really, really good. I mean, he finished ninth here. It was kind of a, a mixed up day. 
but started 10th, finished 9th, got the car home in one piece. Uh, much needed points for a team who have had kind of bad luck the past few weekends. So that's a crazy result for his third race. And he's only improved since he started. I think he did 13th in his debut and then 11th last weekend and then now 9th. So he just keeps moving up. But really, Saturday was Ferrari's day. Uh, Signs makes it two in a row for pole position. Just looking like a totally different team. And I, I was kind of thinking this could be one of the teams who would look really great on the street circuit. Really impressive and uh, kind of makes you dream of the what ifs. This could have been a competitive season all along. We've said it all year is if you remove Max out of the equation, this is a very, very close field and even if you keep Sergio in that equation with the same car I mean I think he would definitely have an advantage and probably would have won several races if you somehow didn't have Max competing but it's just such a close field and it's so much fun to watch I think every qualifying has been fun to watch even if there kind of has been a given every single weekend but it seems like the rest of the pack is starting to catch up granted Singapore is just a whole different kind of race I think everybody needs to understand that that yeah Red Bull didn't produce very good results at all during qualifying or the race but I just think this track didn't suit their car and I think we kind of pointed at that all year long was like they're not going to do good in Singapore like I think we all knew that and it showed you enjoy this qualifying session do you think that you were missing something from the testing of the different tire allocation from last weekend or did it not really make a difference on Saturday for you I mean I missed Verstappen in Q3 but that was about it <laughs> oh my god um yeah my Red Bull is showing no I <laughs> no, I, I think it might have added something to it. I think maybe we would have seen a little bit of a shakeup, but I think we still would have seen kind of the same result, more or less. I don't think we would have seen that much of a variation. It's hard to tell. I mean, who knows? But I still am all in favor for the new tire allocation thing. I mean, it's less tires. It's better for the environment. That's what F1's trying to do is be a little bit more cost effective. And if you're saving 3,500 tires or however much Pirelli's kind of predicting, I think that's just a win. And I think they just need to stick to it next year and do that tire allocation thing. Yeah, I hope they make an official announcement on that soon. I do think that's the way to go. The race, though, was very interesting for me. And, and I don't know if this is for you as well, but there wasn't exactly a ton of noteworthy things happening early on. But I did kind of feel the tension building slowly. And this some of that credit should go to the commentary team, Alex and Jolien. Um, but th- I, f- I felt the tension kind of slowly build and I felt myself kind of engaged kind of like a like a like a movie like Jaws or something like you know the other shoes gonna drop soon or any kind of horror movie but uh, the good stuff really didn't start happening till the safety cars uh, Caleb, which you pretty much predicted when we were talking about Sergeant. Yeah, insert that clip here. Yeah, I don't know how I predicted that. I mean, I said lap 20 that he would crash out. More or less, he did that. He did crash. He didn't crash out, so he didn't hit the wall quite hard enough, quite as hard as I was wanting him to, I guess. But yeah, don't know how I predicted that. When it happened, I was like, I texted you immediately, and I was like, have you watched the race yet? Because I was like, I had a, a GIF queued up. I'm ready to send it. Like, I'm the prophet. <laughs> how did I do this? So, yeah. <laughs> it was never a matter of if, it was just a matter of when. And I nailed it somehow. And, uh, but to be fair, like you have also Lawson, who's a rookie, and I believe this is Piastri's first time here as well, yeah. and they both kept it They kept it between the white lines. I, I think Sargent needs to go. Nice kid, fellow American. Hate it for him. I think he needs to go drive in the sim for a couple of seasons somewhere. But yeah, the, I brought that up during a preview episode. If you missed that, you should definitely go listen to that. One of our most chaotic and unhinged episodes. But near the end, I was like, hey, 
Wayne Sargent fucking it into the wall. And Caleb said 20 laps in. And I was like, eh, he'll make it over half distance. But he did not. Brought out the safety car. And that's kind of when things came alive and strategies started getting implemented. I was on the edge of my seat when Science came out uh, of that first pit stop right ahead of Verstappen. I was like, holy crap, here we go. We actually have a race going. Yeah, that's that. as much as I predicted him to crash into the wall on lap 20, that was probably the worst time as a Red Bull fan for there to be any crash to happen because it, it ended the race for Red Bull. There was no way, unless there was another safety car, which there I guess there kind of was some weird safety car that there really shouldn't have been, but it, the dice just didn't roll in Red Bull's favor this week. I mean, they've had the rest of the season going their way, so you can't really complain that much, but they just had to nail the strategy and the strategy just had to work in their favor for them to even have a shot of winning, but it just didn't happen. It's funny because so often things do seem to luck into Red Bull's yeah, favor. it has been. And as I saw Max coming up the order while everyone was doing that pit stop, I was like, he's going to get in the clean air and it's going to be, it's it's pretty much going to be Max's race. If he can get in front of signs, that it, it'll be really hard to get around him. You'd need another safety car. Yeah, we've seen Max time and time again just nail the safety car restart and just take off like a bat out of hell and nobody be able to catch him. And that's that's really what Red Bull was hoping for at that point, and it just did not happen. And I mean, no, no disparity here. Despite most things not going their way, they did finish fifth and eighth, which impressive recovery, and Max was really making some good inroads on everybody. He almost had fourth. Yeah, he would have eventually caught Leclerc for fourth. Leclerc, uh, and someone else who didn't get much credit today, but Leclerc was was working really hard and uh, fought off those Mercedes near the end. What do you think it was about the Red Bull car that didn't work? Do you think it was the, the, the rule about the flexible front wing or do you think their car setup just wasn't attuned to this kind of track? Really, to be honest, I really don't know what was going on. I mean, you could just kind of tell through practice there was something up. I said that in the preview show that I was like, I'm not too confident. It just doesn't look right. There's just something about it. None of the drivers really seemed confident. Max was even saying there's something not right with these cars this weekend. So I, I doubt it's the floor stuff, the flexible floor and the flexible wing stuff going on for it to change that much. But I think they just had an off week. I just think this track didn't suit the car. You know, there weren't enough sweeping corners. They're just It was just not their race to win, I don't think. I just It just didn't fit them very well. Yeah, we're not looking particularly hooked up at any point this weekend. And after qualifying, I had a very high expectation of all the other teams. Get your ducks in a row. Let's make this the one race where we don't see the same result we've seen all season because it, it will go back <laughs> very soon to being the Red Bull show. So I, I appreciated seeing something different and, and seeing some other teams get some airtime and looking impressive. Uh, their Mercedes charge in the closing laps, kind of their free pit stop from the safety car, was extremely entertaining to yeah. see them kind of move through Alonzo and Leclerc and kind of make that charge for the finish. It was really good television. They charged right through a barrier is what they did also. Heartbreaking last lap for Russell. Yeah. Really though, they he and Hamilton were kind of the highlight of the race there. But yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you put so much pressure on yourself and you become your own worst enemy, which I think is maybe what happened here with Russell. I watched his post-race interview and he was like, you could tell he was holding back the tears. He's kind of one you could always see the crack in his facade a little bit when he's having a bad race or a bad weekend he'll suck up the tears but felt bad for him because you know he was i love hearing russell's radio because he's always like nope let's go for it i'm not here to win third i'm not here to win second he's always picking a fight with second place like he wants to win but i didn't really see i don't know about you did you did you think there was any realistic chance that russell was going to get get to the front 
and, and win the race. Yeah, I was disagreeing with the commentators. They were like, oh, Russell's going to catch him. This is Russell's This is Russell's chance. And then whenever he crashed, he was like, oh, Russell was going to pass him. And I was like, I, I didn't see that happening. I never saw Russell pass. I saw a podium. I maybe. saw a podium. And I saw second place, maybe. But I never saw him getting ahead of signs. I mean, there just wasn't that much time left. It could have possibly happened. But, you know, they were in that train for like five or six laps, it seemed like. Maybe more. And they still weren't doing anything. Who knows if he does like a last lap lunge and make some passes and stuff. I mean, he kind of lunged, but he lunged into the barrier. Um, So, yeah, I, I don't think he was ever going to catch him. I think maybe second would have been hopeful, but I don't know. He would have had to have hoped for like a screw up on Sainz's part like he did in Italy. He, he like, took his shot. He took a shot at Lando and he missed because Carlos was smart enough to keep Lando for the most part in his DRS. Yeah. It was really smart. Risky, but smart strategy from Carlos and Ferrari, which we don't get to say that very often. So no. let's enjoy saying that they'd made all the right calls with Carlos today and a ray of hope for this team for the future. We, we've been having a lot of fun talking about Carlos. I've been banging my drum about Carlos all season. I think he's the most underrated driver on the field and I think he's taken for granted and I think he proved why he's worth his salt today. But for George, I appreciate the good TV, George. I do think you put too much on yourself and I think you should have just kept it out of the wall and <laughs> enjoyed third place podium. But again, these guys who don't come here to win third, I do kind of appreciate them because they do make the best television. But it seems like momentum's on Mercedes' side. I mean, it's a big difference than how they started the season so they're actually competing for podiums granted max and sergio were out of the equation but you know that mercedes car looks a hell of a lot better than it did a few months ago yeah it did and there's of course a lot of hamilton fans online saying that hamilton wouldn't have screwed that up and hamilton could have won the race if georgia got out of the way yada yada and that's a big what if that we'll, well never know the answer that, to hamilton's also a seven-time <laughs> champion he can handle that pressure a little bit better than george uh, that that whoa 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 you just gave hamilton a comilton or whoa a comilton <laughs> you just gave hamilton a compliment that's crazy i mean i will give compliments where compliments are due he is a seven-time world champion you can't take that away from him some could argue that we took away one championship from him but still he's a champion and he knows how to handle that kind of pressure and george is not george is only been racing for Mercedes for two years now. So, you know, there's a whole different mindset and mentality of these last lap. Hey, I got to make shit happen. And it just kind of goes to show, you know, George Russell plows into a barrier and Hamilton kind of kept us cool and finished the race. I mean, there's a big difference between those experience levels. It's a huge difference. George will get there one day, but not right now. I think the expectation for George is so high because he did beat Lewis last year and George was usually the more hooked up of the Mercedes last season. So I think that's kind of why to see stuff like this is a little surprising. Anyway, Hamilton was right behind George and he picked up the pieces finishing on the podium today and moving ahead of Alonso in the driver's championship. So now Lewis is in third and just 43 points shy of Perez. Just wanted to make a note of that because Perez is not out of the woods and if he has too many more weekends like this, Red Bull may get denied their one two in the driver's championship, yep. which is one of the few things at this point that Red Bull has never achieved. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. And that will be one of those 
those few battles come down to the last few races that we'll be able to enjoy. But yeah, I mean, the big headline today is Signs and Ferrari made all the right calls. They had a tinge of luck on their side. They did have to sacrifice Leclerc's race just a little bit, but still a P4 finish for Leclerc. He kept Max behind him. Just a very respectable day for them. And a shout out to Lando Norris as well, who also put his car everywhere it needed to be and maximized his uh, his grid placement. A great launch. Just a fun weekend if you like drivers who aren't Red Bull. Hey, even I enjoyed it. I mean, at the end of the day, and I had a fun weekend if you do like Red yeah. Bull. Look at that. Everybody won well, today. At the end of the day, I'm a race fan. I, I don't care. As long as it's two wheels, four wheels, hell, I'll watch a unicycle go around the track if it's fun to watch. Let's look into that. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll be the first podcast to cover unicycle racing. Uh, I don't know if that's a thing, but it would be interesting to watch. Yeah, man. I mean, Red Bull, like, look, at this point, they're going to have both championships wrapped up in the next weekend or two. So to have this break and to end Max's win streak so that we could say, hey, he won 10 in a row. Congratulations. That's a huge feat. You beat Vettel's record you've established yourself as the most dominant Red Bull driver in the history of the team now. We as the fans need to see something different. So for that reason, I think this was a really successful weekend. I don't know where I would rank it. I need need to go back and kind of reflect on the other street circuits that we've had so far this season, but this was definitely a good one. So I don't know. How would you rate this race weekend? I think this race is great for anybody to watch. I mean, yeah, the beginning of the race, it did have a slow buildup as we talked about earlier, and the ending was really the climax of the movie and it it was great it produced especially if you don't know what's about to happen and George fucks it into the wall and, you know, Carlos gets the win and you're like, oh, is Lando going to catch up? And, you know, we saw Verstappen all the way up to second and then he just faded because of his tires. I mean, there was a lot that happened post safety car. Before that, it was pretty boring. So, and and then if you wrap in qualifying, qualifying was pretty exciting because there was some shocker of Red Bull not making it to Q3 for the first time in forever. So I think I would give this race an A, not an A plus, but I think it's an A. We saw a different result. We saw four cars really competing for the lead. They were all within a second of each other at the end of the race, and we just don't get that anymore. I think that's all very valid. And yeah, that was kind of what was making it exciting. It was new and fresh and different. So I don't know. For me, I think this would be somewhere like B plus the slow build. Yeah. Wouldn't be for a new fan. Like if you wanted to get someone into F1, I definitely wouldn't start here. Or if someone who doesn't watch very often, this probably wouldn't be their favorite race. You know, it it wasn't a a lot of those great races have really explosive starts. And this was very much a slow race to start off and then built its momentum. Uh, Happy weekend. Love it when we get to these more technical tracks that are a little bit more demanding because it really separates the men from the boys. And we have another weekend like that next weekend. Another demanding track that really challenges the rookies, especially. Caleb, any thoughts before we wrap this sucker up? Uh, not really. Miami's leading New England twenty-four to seventeen right now. Oh my so. god! Check so check in with Caleb for <laughs> football updates uh, at Twitter. Yep, but uh, yeah, I'm ready for Suzuka. Um, that's a race that will actually, well, you'll get to watch live, but I will be on a hiking trip next week. So unless I have cell service, I'm just going to have to wait till I get home Sunday and am dog shit tired to watch the race. I'll just do that thing where I just tweet you random gifts and emojis or text you random gifts and emojis so that you just have no context. Yeah. I didn't know how to, woods. I didn't know how to take the SpongeBob one you sent me today. I was like, it seemed like you were just like, whelp, And so I was like, oh, maybe Red Bull one because it just seemed like you, you know were what like- i intentionally <laughs> did that to help 
improve because I know you almost always watch after me. So I sent that to you as an ambiguous misdirect so that it would make your race watching experience better. So you could thank me now. I did that to plant that seed of doubt in your head for the whole race. Like does Max just get ahead at some point and win? Why is Ross upset? You know? Yeah. So you're welcome. Yeah. I didn't know how to take it. So thanks. All right. Well, Caleb's, thank you for talking to me about round 16 here. I think it was a good weekend. And now we're coming to the closing races here. And so we're excited to talk about Japan as such a fun race. I can't wait to get back here. Expect some weather to be another factor. More pandemonium like last year. Hopefully we're not up to 3 a.m. And thank you guys for listening to our show. If you liked this, make sure you follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to see more content like this, we're at Formula Breakdown on YouTube. And we'll see you guys next time.